All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call Suprema, Suprema Roll Call Suprema, Suprema Roll Call Suprema, Suprema Roll Call My name is Questlove yeah. And I don't flake yeah. And ATL Yeah Ha! <laughs> My name is Fonte, yeah. and I'ma speak my clout. Yeah. Organized taught me, yeah. pre-trial to get you out. My name is Sugar, yeah. and I apologize. Yeah. This may get noisy yeah. and unorganized. Damn right. Yeah. And I'm overjoyed. Yeah. It's like I'm back in college again. Yeah. Yo, organized joy. Roll call. Suprema. Suprema. Roll call. Suprema. Suprema. Roll call. Okay, I'm Rico. Yeah. And I'm part one, part one third. Yeah. Yeah. Roll call. Okay. Suprema. Suprema. Roll call. Slow down. Suprema. Yoda. Yeah. And you know I hold it down. Yeah. Organized noise. Yeah. We all in time. Roll call. Suprema. Suprema. Roll call. Suprema. Suprema. Roll call. My name is Sleeping. Yeah. And I'm the smoothest. Yeah. You'll never find another mother. Yeah. That could do this. Oh, shit.
Where's my where's my manager? <laughs> no, I mean, see, yeah, he was like, you didn't sign up for this. Manager. You did not I'm sign like, up for this. I'm like, boy, you did not do a good job. I was like, <laughs> you good, bro? You you made enough classics to sustain. Oh no, nah, my my part is gonna reason why I'm gonna go viral. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good thing in, in 2022. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Questlove Supreme ATL Edition. We are in Atlanta talking to a lot of the greats. What can I say, ladies and gentlemen, we are here with three gentlemen who have built a movement, a sound, a way of life, literally putting not even a section of, of the, because that's, that's just very reductive, but I mean, they literally changed the scope of, of music as we know it and of creativity as we know it, you know, some of the blackest shit ever, some of the most Afrofuturist shit ever. What what you would call legacy from George Schuyler all the way down to Sunrod, down to P Funk, and the, when the baton came in their their hands, they they created magic. Simply put, I'll say one of the most respected, and in some producers' eyes, most feared <laughs> men. Dogs. Yeah, <laughs> I won't even talk about us. Like listening to a new album, like they did what? <laughs> Nigga, when I heard mainstream, I wanted to jump out Man, the window. Listen, like, what the listen, fuck? Right. Y'all I'm, know what it is. Like, you kept, kept I, a gift loop in the vials. Like, literally, yeah. I've never wow. I've never had a production collective that just makes me like, damn, why don't I think of that shit? Seriously. It's, it, this is long time overdue. And you know all the classic LPs they've been involved in that they, they had their hands in. From all the, the entire, like, Outkast canon, uh, Goody Mob canon, uh, Parental Advisory, um, Slim Cutter Calhoun, Joy. Invoke. Oh God! Yeah. Don't like. Yeah, it was oh on. The, yeah, God. Invoke, I yeah. totally forgot. Invoke. The last awesome, yeah, great. Invoke Curtis, Invoke Curtis Mayfield, Janelle Monae. Yes, yes. Yeah, it, the names go on, dude. And for on the real, I don't know if Crazy Sexy Cool would have been what it was, right? right. Without yeah, a right. little song yeah, right. called Waterfalls. Waterfalls. True day, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's it's actually happening. We've been talking about this forever. Welcome, Rico Wade, Ray Murray. And the one and only, I cannot believe, Sleepy Brown <laughs> is on Questlove Supreme. Organized noise. Thank you. Man. Good. I need my fans. Too much good music. Listen. So th this is rare for us because, like, I prefer one-on-one -on -one shows where we get to grill people. Like, it's, I mean, Steve joked that this looked like peace negotiations <laughs> <laughs> happening oh, right a, now. It's it's like, what you did versus, like, I feel like it's beef between uh, Sleepy and Sugar Steve over here. I want to renegotiate <laughs> my contract, right. Sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but this this will be really interesting. And as I said, we're in Atlanta right now, and I'm hoping to get all the edumacation and all the questions I want to answer about just the sound that you guys have crafted for the last 30 years, damn near. So I guess I'll start. Well, I know your lineage runs deep. I know all your lineage runs deep, but especially Sleepy being the, the son of the legendary uh, Jimmy Brown of uh, Brick. Um, I'll start with you. Can you tell me what your first musical memory was? Um, I was six years old. Right. And uh, it was my first concert I went to. And uh, I was with my grandparents. And uh, we get to the concert. And uh, walk on the side of the stage, and my dad and them start performing. And uh, when I seen them do dance, mm -hmm. right, my mouth dropped, and I looked back at my grandma, and I said, "This is what I want to do." Wow. Period. 
I knew I wanted to do music. As soon as I saw my dad up there playing them <laughs> horns and everybody screaming and going crazy, I was just like, I got to do this. This is this is what I have to do. And plus, you know, my mom would buy me Jackson 5 albums every mm-hmm. Christmas. Right. You know, so I was like the sixth Jackson. <laughs> plus I was in Brick. Right. And Commodores. And I was in everybody group. Mm-hmm. So my first experience of music was the greatest era of music to me was the funk era and the disco era. No music has been made more beautiful than that. So that's my whole being, you know what I mean? No matter what, that's why they call me funk or not, because if it ain't funky, I ain't doing it. I funks with that. Eschewing Daz and Duzik and Ain't Gonna Hurt Nobody, the the, the Captain Obvious Brick. Is, do you have a favorite Brick song that isn't a, a hit or anything? Yeah. Um, fun. Yep, Fun was <laughs> one of them. Um, happy. You know what I was going to say? Damn, I always, always say, but I've already confessed that I, I'm kind of working on Soul Train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I always like preface with like, I'm not supposed to say this, but no, um, I'm getting to the uh, the 77 episodes. And I got to say, your dad was a charismatic motherfucker. Even when performing happy on Soul Train, like I just. My dad always had the biggest smile. It's like when yes. you saw him perform, he was just excited and happy to perform for people. Mm. And he's always been that way. When he was younger, he had a, had a band in Savannah that did a couple of records. Mm. Jimmy and the, um, the Mighty Sensations that did pretty good. Right. So he's always, always loved music, till this day. You know what I mean? I'm working on the album right now with him. We're doing like an instrumental. What? Yeah, instrumental um, jazz soul. He's still playing album. flute? Yeah, well, he, he played flute, he saxophone, plays flute. Yeah. Instruments. He trombone, alto sax. Wow. Every horn you can put in front of him and kill it. Living from the mind was also one of my favorites. Yes, sir. That bass oh, line killed me. And uh, 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 Somerset, uh, Summer. Tell them the white album cover with it. Yeah, with just on that Yeah, yeah, I know that you want. Some, Wait. Somerset, something like that. Brick Trivia. Right now. Brick Trivia. Have you heard this tidbit about Prince? Do you know the story? Uh-uh. So Prince was such a fan of Brick. What? Do you know that he wrote Get it up. He wrote that for Brick, and they rejected it. We interviewed Morris. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Wait, I, 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 I'll, I'll do this. Man. Hold on. I'll do it for you. I'll do it for you. I'll do it for you. Sound effects on. Yes. Morris and we, I mean, we've had damn near every member of the time on except for Terry Lewis. Terry Lewis. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, when we asked Morris about him and Prince Craft in the first record, you know, he told us that he's playing drums on everything. He was like, when we made Get It Up, for some reason, like, Prince was really into, not for some reason. I mean, everybody was into it, but. That's it. Man, you just blew me a yeah. way, bro. Prince like, had wrote what? Get It Up for Brick. For Brick? To be, what, whatever the album is with with the green, where it's like, it's. I know, I know what you're talking It's like the about. green leaves. It's yeah. for that album. They rejected it. You gotta talk to your dad about that. Man, I'm gonna call him soon. <laughs> what you doing? What? Yeah, man. <laughs> Are wow. you tripping? There you go. That's crazy. Wow. All right, so Ray, what is your first musical memory? Me and my brother and sister used to turn the lights off and dance around mm-hmm. to uh, Flight Time by mm, Donald Byrd. Donald, yes, sir. <laughs> The airplane landing. Nas, New York State of Mind. Uh. <laughs> So yeah. I, early on, I kind of like my father's a jazz head, so he he had all of this music, which was like 
everything that we ever heard in hip hop. Mm-hmm. You feel me? All of the shit that Cat sampled, that's the shit that I grew up with. Right. Playing in the house. Yeah. All three of you were born in Atlanta? Mm-hmm. I was born in Savannah. Okay. okay. Yeah, I was born in Atlanta. And you? Where were you born? Brooklyn? No. <laughs> well, wait, I'm about to say, you, you got heavy swag on, so I know it's, where, where you born, where you born? I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay. Oh, All right, Yins. 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 My mom's from Pittsburgh. But so. I grew up, before we came to Atlanta, we came to Atlanta with Maynard Jackson. When he took over the city, when he became the first black mayor, Right. my father and mother were in uh, Tuskegee, Alabama. So oh, man. I grew up in Tuskegee, pretty much right. Alabama. Okay. I got roots there too. Shout out to Mobile. Not Tuskegee, but Mobile. All right. For you, Rico, what's what's your first musical memory? Oh man. Even with listening to their their memories, I was mine is as simple as um That's good. No, it's as simple as hearing music on the radio. Cause um, you know what I'm saying? I didn't really hit we didn't have a car when I was younger, so I didn't really hear the radio until like mom was cleaning up or something or or when I finally found, just went into that back room, we had an extra room, and I just kind of went to digging. The guest room? Yes, the guest room. <laughs> and also the, the room the third, where all the, third, the, the third bedroom. All the junk sits in the boxes. I thought, man, Absolutely. I ended up finding more than records back there one day. Like, um, <laughs> but back, but the records. No, no, no. no or money. Playboys. Oh, money. Oh, okay. oh, oh, okay. Right. Money. Better, better. Better than a bunch of roaches. Back there. <laughs> yes, yes, money. But um, like Donna Summer and the, like the, um, Ring My Bell and all that kind of stuff with some of the records and Isley Brothers. Anita. Yeah, I was seeing that stuff as records, but but on the radio, when she was, it was just the energy of how she would be a different person. When when the music came on and was, she turned up loud and she cleaning up. So people always made that, always say, you know, I like to play my music when I'm cleaning up. Mm-hmm. I, I really understood what that meant. It's like, I'm, I feel good today. I mean, today is... This is what I'm doing. I'm going. Therapeutic. I need to feel good. Right. I need, I need to, feel, to feel good while I'm getting this done. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. my examples of music and another one at a young age was my first little job when I was like 10 years old, just unloading the back of a 18, or like a, a, a truck or whatever. They used to play the radio, and I just remember that made it go by. So <laughs> for music, music was always a. I didn't ever think I could necessarily be able to make it. Didn't ever think I would be a part of the business, but I knew how important it was. And how much I did, how much it did for me just at that young age. And didn't even know who, um, didn't know exactly who none of the artists was. Just knew that um, at that time, being a man of my age, which is 50, during that time, 1980, I was eight. So, like, like what he's talking about, like, soaking up at the right time, it's, it's the end of the 70s. So, we, but they still own it as far as the albums. I can still see albums. I still saw eight tracks. You know what I'm saying? I still, we, I still wrote in cars when we did that actually had an eight track in it. So I still collect them. Wow. <laughs> but your knowledge of a brick is amazing. That's amazing, bro. <laughs> nah, because, because, like, wow. because even when, when I found out who his father was or whatever, you, you just thought about that's Ice Cube song. Yes, sir. Right. Vaseline. That's the song that yeah. Ice Cube got back. Uh-huh. And, and that was deep. I was so happy when they did, did. it. Yeah, like, I was like, how did you feel like, about he, No Vaseline? How did you feel about it? Pick up your cool factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I just wish I, you, like, a lot of other artists had sampled before that. You know, Kid played the Ain't Gonna Hurt Nobody. You know, uh, Hammer did. Um, he did. Um, yeah. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. yeah all good. So, but when I heard Q, 
on one of the coldest disc records of ever. All ever. time, bro. My heart was, I tell you, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my my daddy daddy rap. Yes. I want my daddy's records. I want my daddy's records. So I was, man, I, that's still one of my favorite. Man, I still play that record and, and, and act like I'm in the mirror and I'm cute. And I'm, man, let me shut up. So I have a, a lot of musician friends that are in uh, Atlanta. Oh, like uh, little John Roberts used to live down there. He's right. from Philly. Yeah. However, there were four musician friends of mine that gave me a theory on how they got so advanced in their musicianship. Now, you mentioned you being fi 50, that you were eight back then. And I know that one of the most crucial points in the timeline in a black person's life in Atlanta history, of course, and if you're eight years old, were the Atlanta murders. Oh, yeah. And what my friends told me was like, basically because their parents were strict, like, yo, you ain't going outside, you, you know, I'll pick you up for school, you stay in the house. And because of that specific late 60s, early 70s generation told to stay in the house, they just got more advanced in their music. Can you explain to us like how that period affected you guys? Like, were you fully aware that Many young black kids were getting kidnapped and all those things, and like, were your parents like, "No, you, you know"? It like was it, it was prime time for us, and the fact that I lived in apartments with a single parent mom, she went and she worked, so it was latchkey kid, right? Mm -hmm. So, so then I had two little sisters, like six and five years younger, like, like so it was like, and you I, had to watch, yeah, and I had to watch them, so it was almost like I was trained, I was raw. Mom had got me ready, put the knife behind here, the whoop, whoop over here, like <laughs> pistol over uh, top of the closet. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, like everything was, she treated me as a young adult because she was like, I mean, I don't want them white folks doing it. Right, right. Oh, <laughs> so she shit. was scared, yeah. so she was like, it, you can't outrun them, Rico. Stop thinking that, oh, they ain't, ain't <laughs> yeah. going to get me. That's how they can get you. I'm too fast, Ma. I promise you, police can't get me, Ma. I'm jumping fences, one leap. <laughs> like she, she said, she said, she said, she said, nope, it's white people. <laughs> you know what? And they're just trying to get rid of all y'all. They're trying to just scoop them up. But, and she just made me believe th that it was something that it actually necessarily was, but it wasn't because it was a lot going on in Atlanta. It was the video games, mm -hmm. video games that just touched down. Mm -hmm. So that's why when I discovered them, um, them dollar pieces in, the, in that, that back room, yeah, she wanted to just go hit the arcade, mm -hmm. and we had an arcade downtown Atlanta at the Omni. We had an arcade at Green. It's like the arcade is where you first start meeting the the, the people, the, the people who do music, the people who eventually was gonna be the people, the dancers, the people who loved New York and knew that we would get shunned for, for acting that way, but people still would do it almost to the point where like I want to be different. You know what I'm saying? Didn't know that be I don't want you don't necessarily want to be copying somebody else, but that's different. That, nah, that you had some dudes. You had some dudes that would straight lie to you and be like, Yo, and lie and tell you I'm they from was from from right, bro. So so so, <laughs> so, so I know you, bro. As far as the you. child murders, we community centers. So like people got a chance to to do a Boy Scout. They was trying to get summer you to camp. do summer camps. Yeah, summer camp. They they had, at the city had put a whole thing together to where they was giving out T-shirts. I remember these 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 classic T-shirts would say eighty, uh, 81, 82. Yeah. and then it kind of let you know that my mama care about me because she made sure I get, went to the camp. Right. Kids who don't go to camp like man, this shit, is, excuse me, this is free. No, 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 it's, yeah, no, it's yeah, yeah, you go in. Yeah, this oh, is free. this is free, and so like it's just seeing like, and those people was also bringing it to you too as well as far as making sure that you know. 
be with a friend, stop trying to do stuff by yourself. So, so that little fear was kind of how you should have felt as a young adult anyway, but the city was so active about it or whatever as far as no trick-or-treating, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. and it eventually grew into we, y'all can go to the mall and do it, but really it was like when you get home at 3.30 or whatever, go in the house, at 4 o'clock, like it was a curfew. How long did this it, last? It, it, went, it wasn't apparent. It was like 80, 81. Four? At least two, at least two that's, years. That's Three a long years. time in kids' yeah. years. That's a long time. Yeah, because he... Have, he had numbers. Yeah, he was like yeah. 40. 79 was when we first started this shit. And then 80 was the year, was the second year. Yeah. That's when everything got like, this is what we're doing. That's when I started recognizing. 81, 81 it was, it was like, I ain't even. 81, I, it became news in Philadelphia. I wasn't even tripping yeah. about it then. By that point, point, it was like, like it was, more, it was more like, yeah, we trained. Yeah. We was trained then or whatever. Like, wow. but, but I do remember saying like, like, damn. We don't get the free candy. That used to be a cool. Right. Like, Halloween used to be cool because everybody showed up at school. And, uh, we used to have even a little Halloween. Then they started doing little carnivals at the school. The community kicked in. I got to say that, like, and, and watching the special that HBO did or whatever, like, it was most definitely informative. It most definitely enlightened me on a lot of things that I thought was going on. And it kind of, like, brought validity to what I, I knew what was happening. But I knew it wasn't just that because the, the, a, a culture of – um. Cause we Atlanta's a melting pot, you know what I'm saying? Like you know, we, you got San Francisco, but Atlanta's we had um, gay laws put in place when I was younger as well because of because of disrespect. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody just want to be, be, you know, because of racism. Because mm-hmm. we handled racism in a great way. That we was on top of that before it became a worldwide thing or whatever. As far as wow. dealing with. Um, you know, different people of di- that's dope because that explains why Atlanta is such a mecca for that yeah. community as well. Yeah, because yeah. America's democracy lies in the hands of Atlanta, like, Atlanta, like the way they, yeah. Yeah. or Georgia. Period. With yeah, absolutely. So with this, all those things are because of the Wayne Williams. My dad and me, like that's the number one conspiracy theory. Yes, I'm, I'm so glad you talent. said Wayne Williams because mm-hmm. I still say in my mind. Walter and Clyde thing. Orange of the Commodores that I hate. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, he, did kind of he did look like, like yeah, he kind of well, did. Well, he had those glasses that, whatever. But I never, <laughs> I never truly felt that it was oh, him, especially with what's happening now, right. so unhinged. Yeah. Right. I, I always felt like it was something else and some other people. Yeah, I think Definitely. HBO did, they did a, a lot great of job. It was yeah. a collective. It was a collective. I think people took advantage of our opportunity. Yeah, took advantage of the opportunity. It was like it was happening. Or whatever, and that's why the things well, up that, the numbers. Yes, and the things that I'm telling you, all the stuff that was reinforced, is the reason why we didn't lose more. Because it was 32 wow. kids. It was 32. It was like 31, 32 kids. It was like, I mean, well, technically, it was more than that. It has never stopped. Yeah. yeah. Word. Yes. I mean, I mean, Atlanta's the center for sex trafficking. Yeah. Yep. So it technically has never stopped. You just don't hear about it right. being associated with Wayne Williams, mm-hmm. but. Abducted, missing, that hasn't changed at all. Yeah, but, yeah, but now though, with the fact that you have people illegal, like when I was younger, Beaufort Highway, it was like it was you know it was Spanish a little bit, but now like we have completely Atlanta. It's not just a mecca for black people. It's Latinos, it's Asians. We have everybody here working to not necessarily working together, but but been been work been living together for long enough to where now they know each other. Yeah. Everybody cool. Been a good decade for your, your like diverse, diversifying gentrification. Right? But back to your yeah, question, <laughs> your question. You said something about did the oh did that affect you in your yeah, creativity? Yeah, no, it's the neglect that made Atlanta artists perfect their crafts yep. yes. and talent yep. shows, mm-hmm. and high school events. You feel me? Because yep. there was no outlet, so oh, we, we had a, you, boy. 
Yeah, you had a bunch of oh, high talent Damn. competing against itself without any kind of visualization in terms of everybody else. So that said, uh, what is your version of, okay, like I know the history of the Bronx and the Cold Crust Brothers and da-da-da-da-da. So what is Atlanta's first generation hip-hop history? Shadi, Shadi, Raheem the Dream. I'm, yes, but I'm all say, independent. But I'm, I'm gonna say this though. I'm gonna say this. Okay. SOS band or like what's the group? Um, Brick. How you talking about Brick? Mm-hmm. Atlanta had a band culture in the seventies. Yes. yes. Camilton Rose. Was so so crazy. when the, so when the drum machine started kicking in, that's why they might have turned down the Prince song if he had drum drum beats in it, because they was such a live, just like how the Roots was early on. Mm-hmm. Like, like such a live thing. That was what made the package. Mm-hmm. That they so like with that. Brick had a studio. 2560. Yep. A lot of studios that was in Atlanta, like when the, the place they used was either a church or an old musician from a band group from Atlanta who left something there. So that was like, for me, like to, to me, that's where the musicianship started at. But as far as when the drum machines, like, like how Ray was saying, the talent shows, it was almost like we couldn't necessarily do music. We, we didn't have the culture that co- Crush Brew, like uh, uh, whatever. Like, like we had Shadi, you got Raheem the Dream, you got these groups, these artists that are coming out, but really they are somewhat emulating what we love about New York, but doing Absolutely. it down South style. Yeah. So, but the fact that like the DJing, the fact that we took on the other aspects of it, it wasn't, it was like our movement was why I guess we got culture. It's like, we was into the style. Like, like you would see people dressed like the fat laces, shoe laces, I mean, the Adidas, the shoelaces. Yeah. The, it, we, we literally mimicked a New York culture and the Miami culture, like from gold teeth to to the to the big ing- earrings, is, is really what you see and what you want to see or whatever. So, like I, for me, our most original stuff was us being, you know, having a original style of dance or a dress coming up with our crazy hair. Where we was wearing perms and finger waves. It was really country <laughs> and turned up. But like, like well, we was doing that too. Yeah, we what, 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 finger waves, yeah. not the dudes, but yeah, the girls were definitely doing all that oh, yeah, stuff. The dudes, the dudes, dudes were doing that. Oh, <laughs> nah, oh. it, nah, it was the dudes, dudes was doing oh, that. Yeah. Real players. Radio right and Joe. We all had well, Radio and Joe. Radio and Joe. Yeah, but me and they real, doing it's the real players. Oh, you got to dig. We had finger waves. Straight Atlanta. That's me. Dry fast. Yo, so it sound like dry fast wave. Amir, the answer to your question. Shouts out Lamonte's beauty. Oh no, they definitely like. It's de- and, it's and Jermaine also it's part credited. Of it. Part of Jermaine it. said that you know he had to go to New York. Part of it. Yes. And live in right. New York and kind of bring it back. And even with like Chris Cross's first record, like no, half those break beats came from literally from like I, you know what that's Joe right Nicolo hates when right, I say right, this, right, but right. whenever like Mugs would leave the studio after working on Cypress Hill and like the sounds would still be in there, which is why like. Uh, oh, the midnight theme yeah. loop is in jump. Like mm-hmm. you telling too much. No, no, he not. 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 He not telling too much at all. Because that's that really makes cause the it, most it, sense. Yeah, because we, we three. It's three of us. So it's not just Ray. It's not just me. And it's it's like we all have a certain amount of history in the way we dig. Because we dig. Like and we yeah. we gonna spend uh, we gonna as much time as you want talking. We went into New York. We flew. Me and Ray to fly to New York. Like when we got big royalty checks or something, and so instead of going to the mall, instead of going to buy all the new designer stuff, we'll go to New York, get hotel rooms, eat Ray's pizza, wow. and go to all the Jewish stores and buy up 
everybody. All of oh, we got we got some. Um, what what he said that day? Oh, I got some. Um, not Pete Rock. What name he said? He said Q Tip. Q Tip. It was, but it was more than Q Tip. Who he said? Oh yeah, I was holding these Q Tip. And main Ah, large professor, large professor. See, you would go to record conventions. Well, we found them. See, see, but but our discovery of New York as a source right. was only because we had like pilfered Atlanta yeah. and the South. We yeah. cuz you know everybody got a record collection. I was about to say the best records I ever found were below yeah, the yeah, Mason Dixon yeah, line. Absolutely. Yep. But, but when we first started, I'm from my 45s. I'm talking about right. Carmine and Bleak. I'm talking about this dude, he went in the back. He already identified where the breaks came in at. He had already cuz all he does was old man sitting around this at those are the spots he would hit it. He's like, yeah. So he didn't know what kind of money we had. He's like, yeah, um, you know, I charged like 40 or 50 for these. <laughs> I, was, I, I, was like, I, I was like, cool. How many you got? We, like, we, go, man, we, we dropping bags, thousands yeah. of dollars. And each time we got a break, we like, that's an original. One thing about, one thing about hip-hop, originality is the most important thing because it inspires and motivates. Don't so bite nobody's shit. Yeah, so if you come up with something, even if you didn't do it the best, you just presented it to the world. So somebody else is going to rip it another day or whatever. But right in these first little 18 months, they can't come behind you with it. They can't, they, it's it's got to be your lane only right now. So as many breaks as we had, it was up to just making records that coincided or whatever. Right. But I would, that, was, that was our lifeline. Once we made it into the music industry, we felt like as long as we were digging, we were reading books and we were learning. And that's what New York had forgot for a little while. They got caught up into the... You know, Fucking real. Uh-huh. They done out. And that's why the South got in there. Because we didn't... It looked like they let us in with Master P and, and, and um, Cash Money. It was like, that was because they fucked up and didn't fuck with us early on. Yeah. But when we would... We we, we had a brother. This, that's why it's called the East Coast. Because Atlanta's on the East Coast. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, DC's on the East Coast. It's like all, of, all these places are reminiscent of hip-hop. Even though we... Give all the credit to Bronx. Give all the credit to New York, Brooklyn, because they is deservingly so. Like, like we always looked at New York as the father yeah. and Los Angeles as the mother, and we were the child that came from it. That's why he said from neglect right. is where Atlanta came from. Yeah. In fact, that, that that neglect was enough to, to to try to figure it out on your own. Now coming up in the south, like we, I tell people all the time, like we had to study everything. Yes. So it's like you know, it wasn't just if you came up in New York. You might have knew what was going on if you lived in Brooklyn, or you might have knew who the hot dude was over here. But in the South, we had to know everything. You had to know, all right, this is New York, this is the Midwest, this is the this is Texas, this yeah. is Houston. Like you know what I mean? And it just made it always made for me. Um, it just gave me a greater vocabulary. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And you know what I mean? Just of knowing everything because you you had to know it. Yo, what's up? This is Fonte, Fontigolo from Team Supreme. Black representation in media is very important to me. I think it's important to have our stories told by people who look like us and who have shared in our common experiences. Some of my earliest influences were Donnie Simpson. Uh, I would also say Tom Joyner, Angela Stribling, uh, Sherry Carter. They were just people who told our stories with a lot of class and dignity and were big inspirations to me. The next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Schmurder to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, 
there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast, The Center Black Voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, first of all, how did you three meet? Hmm. We met very, very soon. Music, music is why we met. Music is how we met. Um, there was uh, this girl I was dating at the time, mm-hmm. named Cookie. Um, she knew Rico, and right. she knew T Boz very well. Okay, so and she, and she went T Boz then. She was Tion. Yeah, she was Tion. Right. So I was in a dance group in all the high school and stuff that was kind of like the bomb. We used to go around, girls just scream all this stuff. So <laughs> facts, facts. So guess Cookie told me. Now I don't know how true this is, but Cookie told me. That um, <clears throat> Tion wanted, well, Tion wanted me to meet Rico, and Rico wanted to meet me. So I was like, "Cool." So we go, me and Cookie go over to Tion's house, which is in East Point. Walk up to his job, uh, Lamonte's, the beauty supply store, beauty where, supply where store. Outcast came and met me at. And then I walk in, you know, what I'm saying, Cookie, like, "Yo, Rico, this this pet." And he was like. So, so, <laughs> I got this man. I'm sitting like, what? You gotta explain that. You gotta explain that. You gotta explain what the move that? was. I did a dance oh, move. It's like a roof. No, no, no. Oh, okay. It was a, it was a, it was a, a dance a... that we used to do, like smurf and stuff. Right? Oh, okay. Gotcha. And tell so, and when you smurf. end it, you hit your leg a roof. Oh, right. Oh, right. Okay. So, the whole time she told me he want to meet me, when I meet him, he dissed the shit out of me. That's a challenge. Oh, he tried to fleece you with that challenge. But I started laughing because I was like, it was funny to me. I was like, man, this dude was crazy. But it was, so, anyway, so, you know, we meet or whatever. I'm going to tell this other part. 
So we meet or whatever, and uh, I'm like, yeah, Reek, well, you know, you know, he said, we'll hang out someday, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I walk back down with my girl, Cookie, and Tion, which they started fussing. We get around the corner, they in an all-out brawl in the middle of the street. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. <laughs> Who winning? I'm sorry. No, that was that Well, I'm going to tell you like this. I'm going to tell you like this. I just, oh, she like she could fight. Tion, Tion, yeah. she might have been little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's a little feisty. Oh, I can see that. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. she threw the first blow. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> took off. Took, took off running. <laughs> and Cookie went behind her. Because Cookie was hood as shit. Yeah. Out there, Shout out to Red Super Red. Ah. Divine Stevens. But anyway, they get to fighting. I'm in the middle of trying to break it up. Cars riding by. So they, they fussed at each other and walked their separate ways, and I'm just standing on them. I'm like, okay. So? <laughs> walk back up to the stuff. Hey, Rick, they just got into a fight. They just got into a fight, <laughs> bro. Uh-huh. And, and, just, and just to go back, <laughs> when he. This is um, a crazy way to meet your future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, right? straight up. No, like, but because, but like he said, I already knew who he was. Because to be honest, he was a legend. Like, as far as the. Like, didn't look like it. As far as as far as because he had a little had a little smurf I mean uh, um Papa a, a Gumby? Smoop, you oh, know, whatever but like and he was kind of like little, not chubby but just the way he I'm was big bone, but big the boy. but the boy could, the boy could move Did I say the boy could move the boy was in the, the the number one best group in Atlanta at that time or whatever and I had just took was taking dance lessons from a, a member of that group oh, okay. somebody who was in that group but they put him out. They put him out because he right. was uh, no one. Uh, he doing too much. But he taught he taught me how to dance. But I knew I was never gonna be them. So when I saw him that day, it was more like so. Like I, I, oh. I, I, I could dance too. I could dance too. I saw. I could dance too. But from that day, he like I said he laughed or whatever. But he did see the fact that I had a job and I was kind of I was doing stuff. So so yeah. So he was like. He, he he was tired of dancing. I had just learned how. He was oh, like wow. two two three year legend already. He was ready for music then. Right. He was already starting to do dem, like four tracking demos, and I'm just looking like what's oh, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, 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 I had a Tascam four track. Yeah, he doing yes. the, the, the Tascam. Yes. So, 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 drum machine. So, so we talk about your first experience with music. Never never thought this would happen. Never thought I would meet somebody that actually made music. He was showing me. So now I'm getting money. I'm doing stuff, and I'm not selling dope. Like I'm really got a job. Just want to stay fresh. Just trying to look like I'm just don't live in these apartments right here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I got a car. You know what I'm, saying? I'm living. I'm, I'm, saying I'm living like I live in Buckhead. Or something. <laughs> but, I, but I'm living in East Point. Like I'm hitting in the low. You know what I'm saying? So doing it. yeah. But, but so but he was the one who was like, "Yo, this is just local dancing. This is the this is local." And he he the one who wanted to start the group. I wanted to be an artist, and I just. I believed in the, I love the fact that he believed in me enough that I felt like I could sell it. I felt like I can do it. Mm-hmm. So I started learning about music. I started like reading whatever you can learn, the little special events, whatever, Jack the Rapper, whatever's going to come to town. I'm trying to do him right. Then he bumped into Ray. At the studio we at, at Joseph Karn. Gene Karn. Oh, Gene Karn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, Gene Doug Karn from Atlanta? No, they lived, they moved nah, here. They moved here, yeah. They moved here. She lived in Philly now, but yeah. Yeah, her son, so, uh, Joe Karn. Damn, man, the oh, things you wow. learned. That's my family. like my cousin. What? We yeah, just, yeah, show, we really? just taught yourself? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> oh, Gene. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, wow. He said, I'm, I'm a student. Huh? We ain't never seen you over there? Yeah, no, because I don't live here. <laughs> I graduated from Clark. I didn't come back. What year did you go to Clark? Uh... <laughs> 90, when you were eight years old, ninety. Oh, when I was eight, I went uh, ninety six to ninety nine. Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Prime, right Do- in the middle. Doogie Howsette over here. <laughs> yeah, but Joe, Joe had a, uh, a little studio, a nice little built, nice room. little studio in his house, Doug and Jim. And uh, he used to let you know me and Rico 
uh, go there and work and stuff. No, we used to pay for it. Oh, of course. There wasn't no let. Rico, it wasn't no let. Rico paid for it. All right, so one day I'm in there working and Joe tells me like, yo, I got to run somewhere. You cool, you can stay here. He told me, he said, yo, my boy Ray gonna come through here and grab something right quick. He won't be nothing but a minute, but you know, you'll meet him or whatever. I said, okay, cool. So I'm in there. I'm confused because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. All of a sudden I hear the door close. Ray comes around the corner. He doesn't talk to me at all. All he does is grab his head. And... <laughs> I'm like, okay. So he goes in there and he gets to the keyboard, loads his disc, do all this. Boom! And when he hit it, my mouth dropped because I'm like, how the fuck he just do? Wait a minute. This just sound like public enemy. Like, mm. bro, how you make this sample go with that sample and, and all this? And then he look at me. <laughs> And walk out. <laughs> and I'm looking at him. So, Ray, you're the quiet like, storm of the three. Boy. Yeah, I'm looking Boy. at him like, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm amazed. So, Part of it. automatically, as soon as I saw Reed, I said, Reed, bruh, I don't mess some nigga named Ray. <laughs> we got to have him. I said, he has to be a part of this, bro. You don't understand. He could teach. Like, he has to be a part. Because the way Ray taught me samples, mm. I came from the funk era where Live I thought everything was live. Right. Uh-huh. I swear to God, I thought everything was Same. Live. Right? Right. So when I first started hearing, like, you know, all, all rapping and everything, I thought in my mind with some stuff, it was original. Right. He came in there with a bag about this big with nothing but tapes. Mm. Ramsey Lewis, uh, James Brown, uh, Blackbird, just everybody. And all the breaks. She started playing stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's what you got. Well, wait a minute. Where you get that? He's like, you know, Ray better <laughs> tip of the hat. Well, <laughs> it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't that. It ain't that. I've been recording every time I go over somebody's house. You know what I mean? Because I was playing with these records when I was little. Right. I love music, so I record music. And I was a DJ way early. Like you know what I mean? When Run DMC and first came out, I was one of my homeboys taught me how to DJ. So I was DJing, backspinning. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, sucker, sucker MC. Mm-hmm. So later on, I found out that through my DJ friends that. A lot of the records, that's when we first found this, uh, the Breakbeat Collection. Ultimate Beats and Breaks. Shout out to Breakbeat, Lou. See, I didn't know. Just like Sleepy. I didn't right. know everything was a sample at right. first. Mm-hmm. I thought that these guys are incredible. These guys are making this music. Da, 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 da. So I learned how to program based on <laughs> listening to shit and trying to reprogram it. Right. On Boss drum machines, on Alicia's drum machines, on 909s, on 505, 707. You name them. I done did it. Wow. Then I started... When I found the sampling record, I said, oh, these motherfuckers. This the Wikipedia, shit, they just Yeah, cheated. so right. the comp- this is what I didn't figure out. This is what I didn't know. <clears throat> Did the compilation come out before the records were a hit? Right. Or after? Probably after. Okay, because yeah. in my mind, yeah. they came out before. So I'm like, oh, well, then I just need to get the records before they motherfucking yeah. come out yeah, and right. do it first. Uh-huh. Right. So I started digging deep. Wait, let me let me... Let's do a quick 30-second tutorial. So basically, right. for those that, 2% of you that have been listening to us for six years um, <laughs> that don't know. So basically, you know, we always say that of in, in the in the folklore of, of breakbeatology that basically African Bambata was the collector. Like, Cool Herc was the system, Flash was the technique, and Bambata was the collector. And of course, they would wipe the labels away. Uh, off the record, so you couldn't Shazam your way. Oh, what's he spinning? What's he spinning? Um, and eventually, uh, our homeboy Break B Lou uh, decided to just make a a, a cheat sheet. Uh, you know, we could say the Wikipedia of it, or we could say Cliff Notes, 
of all the essential breakbeats, like the, the basic four food groups of the meat and potatoes of breakbeatology of what they were spending in the 70s. And Beast President, yeah, come, Babe Ruth. Come uh, 1985, yeah. 86, when you're listening to License to Ill and like early pre- that that period between like the Marley Mall Rick Rubin period and yeah I too was disappointed like I really thought Jam Master J was doing them bells on like Peter Piper. Man, thank you, thank you. That's what I'm saying, dude. I thought I thought the time was really doing seven 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 ninety. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, come That's on, drum but, 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 you speaking everything, I, man. No, but, but it was still, <laughs> I it it, it, it still it still was amazing though that he took Bob James and he was mixing it with a a, a drum pro a, exactly. a drum pattern exactly. and he was keeping it on beat for that for the breakdown part. Right, it still was amazing. It was just that. You could possibly do it too if you worked at your craft, right? But but it wasn't gonna be by doing what they did. So it's now just a complete study session. How like you said? Let me see if I can reprogram the same beats with the same drums. Let me just get to the level I, I'm there. And then, like you said, we started digging because one thing they taught you, they had to t- put the name of the artist and they had to put the um the year. Mm-hmm. So you start studying. Years. If you're uh-huh. a student, years if you're a student, because yeah. you, you know, start studying years. Years. Yeah, that was me. Like, years and kind of. Then you would know. Years. Once you get in like style. the 80s, it's kind of like, eh, that's what you like. Yeah, it's it's, no. it could be anything. Everything for samples, though. It was kind no. of. Like, what's, what's, what's your. What's your what no, it don't stop. It, maybe. maybe It changed, but it I'm going to tell you when it got whack for me. Okay. When when the fucking drum machine started going. Uh, and, and, and cameo. When the cameo drum sound, when it, when it just up, was like, like <laughs> the sound, the sound though, because you got to understand, you're coming from a, a real snare, a snare amplified, a snare distorted into this fucking 80s, Sounds I don't know plastic. what the pop It's kind of Prince's fault. It's funny you mentioned this because even for me, I realized, all right, so I'm I'm studying uh, the Isley Brothers. We might do a, a Ernie episode. And when it came down to their ballads, I was like, yo, why doesn't Ernie Isley ever play the hi-hat? Like, he'll just play the kick, right. and he'll just do yeah, the basic right. fibers of it. And it just hit me that for a lot of 70s cats, drums are almost just simply a metronome, and everything sits on top of it. I mean, there's a few, you know, James Brown, yeah, George yeah, Clinton, yeah. whatever. But when Prince came along, it, it, the loudness of those, those hand claps. Yeah. By the way... I mean, most people know this because they read the Dilla book. Those uh, Lindrum hand claps, that's Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Didn't know. Didn't know this. So, yeah, when Roger Lynn was sampling uh, I hand knew, claps. I, I did know it. I didn't know that, but I knew from Jimmy Iovine. We've talked about it because he's had. Yeah, he no, he was there to, he to was record there part, the sounds. Mm-hmm. Yes. He was there recording the sounds. Oh, and, um, boy, is he crazy with it, bro. <laughs> 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 no, we, damn, we, we're dweebs here, man. That's all. Damn, you can't say, but I'm, I'm going to say this. Yeah. Out of all the producers being in hip hop, the ones that I truly love and respect, I love Molly Mall. I love fucking Larry Smith. Let's talk Absolutely. about it. Let's Absolutely. Talk about Bro, it. Absolutely. I love Tech Head. Absolutely. The band for Sigur Hill. The band for Sigur Hill, bro. Those Doug records. Wimbish, sound, Doug Wimbish and uh, bro, uh, the most incredible mix sounding records. Ever. You're right. Yeah, Larry Smith, he really brought like a R&B kind of yeah. sensibility to hip hop, but it was still hip hop and the records yeah. sound really big. I mean, you listen to like Friends or like- Everything. Man, one, it's uh, now, uh, it's still. One love. One love, right. Just crazy. Everything. Go back to, uh, what's what's the name of his group that he was in? Orange Crush. Orange Crush. Orange Crush. Yeah, well, Come on. Curtis Blow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course he knows, man. I 
Telling me for it. Like, <laughs> no, no. Chris did a record with my daddy, fool. I'm still blown. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Chris did a record for you, bro. That's what I'm saying. Welcome to Chris. I, I was trying to, you know, was, you know, the last question I asked Jay before, I, I seen him maybe like four months before. And the thing that always confused me was he would actually scratch the intro. Yeah. And the thing was, he would scratch it, uh, or, or he would take that same break and scratch it for uh, Rockbox. But in my mind, I was like, wait a minute. I know you guys are using a DMX rhythm machine. So how did you scratch that without like, like, did you just make a 13 second intro uh-huh. and send it to the factory for you to scratch it? And then he told me that initially for Sucker MCs, Run and Jay wanted to rhyme to action by Arch uh, Crush. There you go. Wow. With that intro. There you go. Yeah. That's why. So what they wound up doing, I think he he said that uh the engineer did a did a, a distortion trick and just turned up the um compression so much. Like when you really Yeah, yeah, yeah. you could yeah. You can weigh in on this, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Shout out to engineers who shout are the secret sauce of everything that's ever happened. In Steve, Steve's our engineer. Like, Steve is co-engineered every classic, like from Voodoo to you know, mm. just whatever. Like all these classic records. But yeah, I always wanted to know how Jay was able to scratch, and he's basically scratching Orange Crush's action intro, but they compressed it so much. Wow. That it sounds like the drum machine that they eventually programmed on a D. That's wow. crazy. So, question, you never know when you have a class somewhere, bro. Hip hop class. I used right? to teach at NYU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I was. I my manager made me quit <laughs> NYU. They ain't gonna let to me do this show. <laughs> nah, man. No, no. No, literally, I, I, I stopped NYU to just do the podcast because you know, more So, can I ask a, a question? Mm-hmm. You, you guys said when you were originally starting to dig. Uh, and because they were wiping the labels, or they had to list the. Well, that's you said what he said. Li- yeah, initially in the right. old days. Yeah, but you said they they would only list the artists and the year, so you were shopping or digging by year. What about by label? By they listed everything. Okay, we was just looking the fact that they those were the key the key points. They listed the whole title, the publishers, the writers. They listed everything, but we would look for the years first, first, just so we could go. Would you Would you stop at seventy nine? Maybe well, 81. You know what well, I'm saying? No, I get to 80, about 80, it, it, 82. It, it depends on the cover to me, too. Because uh-huh. I'm still, I'm still a color. I still like the pictures. The cover. I, I like right. the pictures, too. I like the pictures. Yeah. And, but the years can help me trust it because I was into folk as well. Because you, mm, you can get some hard. That's where it's at. You can get some hard drums and some pretty riffs right. or whatever. Like So, like, and then just the jazz you had to listen to. Even though you didn't want to, you had to. Because you would you would have missed the whole phase of hip-hop. Yep. It was like, like. Cause I was thinking earlier when we was talking about it when when um far side far side far side oh yeah when they dropped that yeah. like and you realize what came from right. weather you from Jimmy Jimmy weather report yes, Jimmy Hendrix, yeah. and and when the um tribe called Quest did um something they had that that was it Minnie Ripleton that was something. Oh, inside my love oh, uh, uh, but lyrics uh, to go lyrics but, to go but, but once you start doing once you start loving loving it for that it didn't matter if you found something first you was like. Oh God! They, they killed what that. they did with it. They yeah. killed that. I like how they. You know what I mean, so it's also about that too. Like yeah. to be. So was that inspiration for mainstream? Man, listen, <laughs> listen. You know what? Hate y'all for that shit, man. Listen, no <laughs> that's just uh, that man. I'm so no, mad, you know man. Now you gotta. I'm gonna tell you. 
Go ahead. Bro. I just want to say you got to really appreciate that because we dug so deep, because we appreciated all of these these changes in production style, how it went from a pure James Brown vibe to incorporating melodies and drums and then getting away from them being combined. <laughs> Two dope boys? Oh, yeah. No, it just uh, hit me right damn. now. Dude, the drums from Mainstream, Okay, same drums from Fall in Love. Yes, indeed. Yep. Fuck! Mm. Mm. Yes, yeah. even now I'm like, yeah. it, even now you tell me, me you a, tell me now. Let me let me let me hear what you say. Why you say that? No, no, no. It's 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 literally <laughs> the same break. <laughs> Your face is kind of saying I'm not trying to snitch. No, no, no. no, no. It's, it's, not, it's not about snitching. See, you did this is the assumption. This. this is the assumption is that everything is as it was. Okay. Meaning that it's lifted as a loop. Uh-huh. Well, I'm sure you chopped yeah. it, but, but it do? may have been just sounds programmed, programmed in such in order mm-hmm. with advance. I mean, you got to remember now. This Yoda. is what you don't know. Wait, let me explain something. Let me explain. Let me explain. Yoda. Let me explain something. To you. I love it. Larry Smith is his foundation of production is partly because he's in the band, but also because of the technology he's using. SSLs, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. We started. When we got to the music industry, they left us in the room with SSLs. Yeah, yeah. So this is where we learned how to make a you snare with baby hi-hat. face old equipment. And how oh, hi-hat wow. could be a snare. Oh. Yeah, we we, yeah, we started off on reels. Yeah, so we started out with The synthesis is is what you gotta really appreciate. Not necessarily the 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 copying. You feel me? Okay. The ability to be able to make something be something else. And, Yoda. And, and I'm going to get into the part because, to be honest, you could be right. I'm not sure. So, but, wait. But I do know. <laughs> You're just saying, wait. <laughs> but, Only because but I, I'm such a stickler for but, reverb sounds. Okay. I assumed that you guys used Iron Butterfly Soldier in our town for the drums. Drop it. Let me hear it. But I can't speed it up. But, you're right, you're right. You might be close. That might be it. But the key to it, though. I'm you might be close. The key to it, though. That's what I said. Is, um, yes, the, the program. Because to make stuff out tempo or whatever, we, we might take drums and then program, reprogram the same loop, but end up touching other sounds that make it, might change the hi-hat or change this part. Oh, if it yeah. Make, you're going to accessorize your drums, of course. If it makes it better. Yeah. But, but the, 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 the greatness or, or whatever, I'm impressed with, like you, Raphael Sadiq, and a lot of other people, when they talk about mainstream, I love it because it's creative people, the fact that y'all love that and the fact that it wasn't orthodox. Absolutely. It wasn't, it was, I was, it, it really low there. Can I ask, is is, De- is Deborah playing bass on that? No. No, no, no. Okay. Um, and, and then the thing is, I think we had that little red keyboard. What's that? Yes. That was the magic box. And, on not that. in Sonic. Uh, uh, Nordly? Nordly. 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 Yeah, yeah. And we discovered that little sound. We just let that sound go. But but the, the main thing is that I think it was also, um, yeah, and that's what I'm about to get to without telling too much. Was that it was it was like cause cell therapy, you know how you know how we got that dump, that bounce before the bounce come in. We got like a, a quarter like dun 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 So it's like we have a, a half a rip so like it's like a um a six bar loop, like like um like rolling. Yeah. Uh-huh. Dun, dun, like the way we cut it off. Mainstream was that with a straight beat. You're right. It was it was giving you a, a, a it was flipping it a different part. But I couldn't figure out how to do that weird beat to that at that point in my career, so I had to go easy. Just keep it down, the right. middle. keep the drums down the middle, but the music. 
go crazy. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So now what we know as the Dungeon Studios, before you guys get a budget, before Ellie and whatnot, like I'm certain that you guys are creating a workspace in some sort of environment or, you know, you called it the dungeon. What is the equipment there and who's there? I mean, because just based on the videos, I'm assuming that it's almost like the Southern Wu-Tang where it's like 12 of y'all just like. The dungeon was my mother's basement, unfinished basement, the wooden steps, go down the steps. Ray was Yoda. He is the cook up. He he wake up and get on the drum machine, and it was an MPC. From the time an MPC came out, we had one before we even moved over there. Like from the very first MPC, we had one or whatever. So, and the problem was it was you no know, unfinished basement, so it was dusty. So we used to load the three point five floppies. Floppy. Yes, floppy yeah, yeah. Disc. So sometimes we would have to be concerned about <laughs> stop Steve about losing things as soon as you, this is why Steve's making fun of me. I know no, D'Angelo's. De- 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 that's why we laugh when we hear floppy disk. He's right. still using them shit. D'Angelo oh still is still 1997 with him, and he doesn't want to move. No, no, no. But it's, it's, it's almost a good. 
It's a good sound, though. It's a, it's an analog texture. I mean, yeah. it's some things you do for a sound or whatever, like the SB12. Like that's what I'm saying. The other drum machine that we didn't mess with that much because the the pass was it was stick. Yeah. Once we figured out, we made that to the MPC and programming from the MPC, but get but still those, get the texture get from those the SP. Lid John 808s. So you would filter the SB12 and then just MIDI it through the yeah P- program programming the SB12. I mean, like you no, know, get the samples edited in the SB12. Right. Then and then since since literally every every SB12. The buttons get stuck, so you can't really program. So you just made it a mid. Once we learned MIDI for real, we're like, oh, I can control this drum machine with this drum machine, mm-hmm. or whatever, because it had MIDI. So once we start doing that, start like Waterfalls had the SP12 um, on it. Um, Ludicrous Saturdays used SP12, and I promise you, that was the sound that was like the bass music. It was like Andre 3000 on, on Bombs Over Baghdad, all that. That's SB bomb. That's that SB twelve type of vibe. So we had an SB twelve down there. We had an MPC down there, and um, you couldn't really record. We had a six track, so you can hear stuff. It had two big house speakers down there, or whatever. And um, and most of the time it was about writing, because you had the steps. So people would sit on the steps. You have Big Boy Dre. You have Cujo. You have Big Rube. Big Rube usually be closer to Ray. Mm-hmm. Cause, you know, he, on your basement, on your steps, on them wood steps. The wood steps, you would see them down the steps, but it was like, it was almost like going down to, um, you know, Ray on the drum machine, and you and, and it was already known you not really talking to Ray, and all all you can do is like is appreciate this music box. So they're all writing. They all write. And he, the person that finishes first, they own that song. No, or? they all writing. Then he changed the, whenever he finished what he's doing for that for that sequence, he changed the beat, and everybody turned wow. everybody turned the page and try to remember it when you go back to demo. I gotta get back on it. But you'll keep writing over a new beat. So now your styles are changing. Because now you were just writing with a certain thought process. Now that thought process has been enhanced by the beat changing. Down it's now. like the plant-based version of Drink Champs right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the plant-based version. It also reminds me of like, Wu-Tang, like when you watch the Wu-Tang saga. Yeah, right. So that, and then, dig, then digging in the crazy fact that Ray would start so early. Some people would be, you would get a chance, just the knowledge of like, you would hear, you would hear it. You, he'll sample it. Now he's chopping it up. Now he's messing it up. Now he fit a program something to it. But but he might sample five or six things before he start programming. Or or, or when I get, go down there later, or when Sleepy get on there, he already done packed the drum machine up with so many different things that he maybe some of them he started on, some of them he didn't. So it's like if it's sometimes you might be like, hey, get that Ray. Get that for me. You know what I'm saying? I like grabbed that. Like a sleepy does it all the time. Like <laughs> you gotta call it. You gotta call it. Yeah, yeah. Call yeah, it like, because, yeah. because no, because he has his own sound. That's what's cold about Sleepy. Like 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 most artists get confused around Ray because he's gonna go from waterfalls to cell therapy. Uh-huh. I, we diverse. So the fact that he might be digging on some crazy, all of a sudden he might go into something that's in my mind. I'm the business person. Sitting there like that's not for you. That, <laughs> that, that, that's gonna be for both. So you'll determine. Uh-huh. Well, well, I don't. You're the traffic cop. Yes, but I, but I don't determine it. Like I don't say it in front of nobody. Mm-hmm. I said, to, I said, to, 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 I'm like, hey, we can use the info. Yeah, we I, trust each other. Judge, we trust each other. Like, like, oh, well, I'm not gonna tell the artist that because yeah. the invo song was Cool Breeze song. Cool Breeze was killing it. Cool Breeze. Cool Breeze. Cool Breeze. That's my. But, but it was. It was only the. It wasn't a full live okay. drum thing. It was on that little. It wasn't even live drums. It was on it, it, it was a. It was a. It was a beat. Red had a beat on, it and it was that. Like he it said, was it that. was that. Cool Breeze was writing to that. Re, but Re took it and, hold on and don't let go. That's the song we talking about. Yeah, What's yeah, it gone? Yeah, yeah. But 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 when it got beautiful, 
I think I think we call Lil John. Lil John, yeah, we he told Lil John. Wow. We call Lil John. I happen to be. We call Lil John in for that. So the night that he tracked that, I believe we were at the Tabernacle because he told me. Oh, the Tabernacle. Right, because when I saw Lil John Sorry. later that that night, he told me that he just did it like two days before, or whatever, and so that's how. I think that does the tabernacle not exist no, anymore. Just, no, no, no. I just got oh, to go. It's, it's a time. It's, right? Wait, wait. And I'm also glad you told this story because I always felt like you were secretly judging me, like you and James, and kiss my ass, James Poison. All the time. <laughs> I feel like I wanted to explain to you because the, the way we work, you notice that I always I use my computer, but I always put it through the that SP1200 I got, and I never use that SP1200. Yes, the reason is um, there's a new version of the <laughs> there's a new kitted out version of this. I got it. It has great texture, but I haven't learned to really freak it yet. So I still do my shit on my computer, but I like the texture of how samples go through. They should just have an SP12 plugin. I yo, and they kind of got one like with MPC, to... but you just don't believe it. You just yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's you don't too. Believe... It's not some things you just want to like that, like that. Ada, like what, what I'm willing to do is to try to sample the sounds digitally again. But that, but the quality, I got to be honest. Lil John, how his sound really changed America. Like like that that clean 808. The DJ. No, yeah, well, you know, Roberts or the DJ? Okay, the DJ, yeah, the DJ. And I once thought that Lil John Roberts was Lil John. I was like, yo, he's really revolutionary. Because the thing was, I, I knew DJ Drama back when he was backpack. Dramatic. Like, dramatic. dramatic. And when Tariq's dramatic. trying to convince me that this guy Gangster Grills is dramatic. That's what I, I like, said too. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Like, that's not Until I seen him, I was like, holy shit, you really did change. Right? Like, so I did want at one point I did think that Lil John Roberts was revolutionizing dance culture in yeah. Atlanta, and then I realized there was two of them. So what what kind of MPC was it? I mean, Sixty. What, it oh wow! The, the first, first one, the first for which oh, for which song? Yes, we. I mean, for your your original, weapon of choice, original studio, that, original studio downstairs. It was, it was the, the, the big, 60? the clunky one. So the first one, the first one, the, first the one. clunky one, yeah, the big yeah, we, one. We started on the first one and then graduated yeah. with each do you, one. Do you, do you feel like there's a different sound between the yeah. different models? They are. They are like, um, okay. Now, some people swear about the 3,000. The 2,000 yeah. 2000 was the second one, right? No. It was no, 3,000 was second. Well, that's the, that's, okay, that's that the one. That was the one. No, the 3,000 no, no, the 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 was the one that, that, that they started using well, the effects. Or MBC2. The effects. The 3,000 is the one they started using the effects. They started using the little, where they could like, you can make a sample. You can hide a sample. That's dealer shit. They, they, they Three thousand. They yeah. start doing that. The the, the two thousand was the was the bounce box. The way anything you did was bouncing or whatever. So it does have different. It does all of them have a different sound? What but, what what gives it the bounce? The quantizing? Yes. Okay. Yes. Good job. Well, to be I, specific to the drum machines, when they changed them around, they kept putting the fucking click the tap button on different fucking sides. So, if you started on the first one, you tap with your left or whatever, and if you start on the other one, you tap with your right. So, it made people be biased to the drum machine. Yeah. I I'm like left-handed. I yes. don't like that right. one. And that, Seems like the three thousand is like the one, right? Three thousand is the one if you're Dilla. Now, and the thing is that Roger Lynn didn't. It has his name, but Roger Lynn had nothing to do with the two thousand. It, it's almost like the Yeezy. Adidas yeah. situation right. where they have a name, but that sort of thing. So, really, the last thing that he did, he did the MPC 60, the MPC 62, and then he did the 3000. And then MPC 60 came and, like, here's a boot, you know. And my sucker ass fell for the 2000 because it's for left handed people. <laughs> so, 
All right, rapid, rapid fire. fire time? All right, yeah, it's rapid fire. Okay, socks and drawers. Which doctor a SWAT healing ritual? Okay. Oh, you that going that far? Look, man, we look, bro. We ain't got time, man. All right, been ready. Sorry, bro, next. been ready. Bro, been we ready. just got look, man. That probably to me, that and Cool Breeze album, like okay. Ghetto Cam, bro. Those records, I, I've heard parts of the story. What happened with those two records in the Interscope deal? And um, like, what was what was that? Situation? Interscope situation was um was a good deal, but it was just bigger than what we was used to, or whatever. Okay. We had more power, or whatever. So like, in the artists, you know what I'm saying? We by that time, we as a company, we wouldn't produce. We was production company, but we were a label, and um and the artists had more responsibility or whatever. Like we we was making your music, but we wouldn't holding your hand to uh-huh. make sure you went on your shows to make sure you did did your in stores and yes all we shit. did that with outcast but they were 17 years old 18 years old it was more about do you even have a bank card right. you know what i'm saying I'm, i don't want to leave you out there but by the time we got the goodie mob y'all grown <laughs> yes and and, and, and and not to deflect but the, 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 but i did I, I want, i've been wanting to say this to quest because how did you feel when you first met because the first two of goodie mob went on was with the roots and with um the Fuji's. Oh, now that was already dramatic. <laughs> no, it wasn't cuz we we first met Goody Mob. Like my first introduction to I mean besides seeing Outkast on TV but in real life, we uh our very first trip to Atlanta, we went to this radio station. <laughs> and I remember that. So I didn't go to the radio station that night, but I listened. And basically, all of Goody Mob and The Roots, like, freestyled for 20 minutes. It was on YouTube for the longest. Like, it was, like, a legendary moment. And I just remember Reek coming back like, yo, there's even more of them. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is, yes, there were there was a lot of bias towards how... We in the Northeast, yes, we're very snobby, very particular, very territorial about culture and whatnot. So, yes, we tend to think that most of down south was just Luke and nothing else. And so, shout out to Cosmic Kev for, he always rode for the Players Ball remix. Now, I will be super, super transparent, honest. The original Players Ball... I remember when it came on BET, and it was the jury was up in the air because we were like, "At the all right." So here's my thing. Here's Come on, man. All right, what it happened was no, 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 no. Where I was, I, I, I was dirty dungeon. Hip hop has to be filthy, like the first Jungle Brothers record, the first Wu Tang record, and when the Chronic came out. I told you, and Dre laughs his ass off. I hated the Chronic for like Whoa. twenty years because it just sounded too pristine. Whoa. Too yeah, it was too. It was like I, I was like, I wait, I thought we were against this. I thought we didn't want to sound like <laughs> yeah. afternoon radio. Whoa. New day. <laughs> and <laughs> to me, then suddenly hip hop just sounded clean and big and right. But I I didn't come from like club culture where shit right, had right. to kick. I wanted this shit to sound like that. Right. And I was just like, I don't know, man. Like, it's too clean and da-da-da-da-da. And then I got in Cosmic Kev's car, and he played the main ingredient remix version. Uh 
and when them drums kicked in, like you know what? Kept, I mean, let me let me cut you off because you've been dropping these motherfucking gems. <laughs> like, like, I didn't like, know. Nobody I didn't knows know what he was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. I didn't know what nah. he was talking about. Hey, we know. know. Right. That's coming out. I'm Let's thinking about the producer, main ingredient. I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm he, he did a remix. Well, I think the statute of limitations is over. Let me reveal it. No, we literally played. Played it with the piano and had Sleep Become in singing. Yeah. We bought it. You see, Man, you got to say it. See, like, it's cool. Yeah. That's what we did, but that ain't what we that did. That ain't what well, we wait, did. I thought it was. Go listen to it. Right. I'm. I'm it's that, but look, it ain't that. I grew up yeah. with Shame on the World as a record, so I instantly knew. So maybe. And then, guess what? Somebody else came behind us and did that. And did that. Yeah, that, that wasn't was you. Yeah, you didn't do the youngsters. They did mad props. They did mad props. They were like, "Ooh, this what they did. We gonna go do that." And all they did was the record. I ain't gonna lie. When I heard that youngsters record, I liked it because I liked the sample. Yeah, I actually liked the beat and the sample was real cool to me. Oh damn! Wait, what's youngsters record? It was mad props. Come on, come on, come on! I didn't even know that. Reveal, reveal, No, no, I'm having a moment where I didn't even think of that shit. No, no, no. But when I, Cosmic Kev is like Philly Swamp Master Flex. And that's hard. When man. he used to have his like mixtapes out, like I'd be in the car and when he put it on, the way them drums, it was like a hard version of Friends. You know what I mean? And I was just, <laughs> that was the plan, Ray. Was that the plan? Hey, that was the plan. Right, <laughs> <laughs> you are so good at that this. No listen, joke. Listen. Well, yeah, I mean, it was it was a hard version of Friends. Like, a, a, like or, if I were organized, drumming, organized. Say it again. Organized say it again. That, that's what you say. If I if were drumming, drumming. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like, I wasn't. Even though I'm immersed in hip hop and all that shit, like I'm still trying to figure out. Hey, how can I recreate these breaks? I would have been a perfect uh, that, that, supplement yeah, to actually that shit. <laughs> so when he did that, then that's when that was my Kaiser Sosa coffee drop <laughs> reveal moment of the wall. I was like, oh shit, there this is a problem. Then I was like, y'all really did earn those four and a half mics in yeah, this yeah, one. Yeah, facts. <laughs> yeah, right? we were rehearsing one day, and boy, part of the easiest was the source. We're like, all right, let's go. And I, I wouldn't, I would like try to read the review before I see what the mics are, and I saw a half, and I was like, wait, it's a lead review. They wouldn't do no three and a half lead review. Two, three. Oh, yes, <laughs> yo, four and a half. Like we stopped rehearsal, and I immediately went to Rex's door. Like, yo, I gotta get this shit. And hey, man, so it's it's so monumental what you're saying now because to to even back that up, I remember when L.A. Reid. Because it was important to him to call me in every Tuesday, every day, every once a week when um, radio reports come out. He just wanted me. To, he was excited, but he knew it wasn't his. Mm-hmm. He was excited, but he knew this is y'all. This y'all need to be excited. He about and he us. said that to he us, said that us too. To us, yeah. Uh, he was on the show like four like weeks ago. Yeah, a month or so ago. Yeah. Yeah, and he definitely said that. Even like he didn't know the world. Like if it was TLC, he could instantly. Yeah. Half say hip hop, he didn't really know. But with y'all, was just he like, tapped in like whatever that. y'all say, I'll cool sign. Like, yeah, that's he, just, yeah. he just trusted us. A- absolutely. But, but, but he started, he started, felt, you know, like, I owe you to teach you. And he was like, yo, if this market plays your record, it's probably going to trigger these markets mm-hmm. around it. So, so shout out to the Bay. Cause that's who really jumped. Yeah, that's, that's who, and, and, and that's, I mean, they but, broke y'all? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Play ball. Absolutely, play, play, that make, and that totally play, makes sense. They play, that makes sense they because play, the souls of mystery. They play, absolutely, yes, they that. played the original one. They played the original one. Mm-hmm. Vegas, every other market, New York. I'm from when we at our peak, 
I'm, I'm looking at New York. I'm like, I said, they still ain't added. Come on, not Everybody, the cool we got 25, 30. And, and he just looked at me and said, they just. Yeah, he said they just not they not really you no know, fucking with it. But I, I said that's all you had to say. We went and did as soon as he as soon as he let me know. Soon as he said that. Soon as he said they didn't like. It, I said they don't want to hear all that music shit. They want okay, to hear, cool. Let's, let's break it down. Let's just break it down. Make, let cool. them hear. It. We was already gold at that point. It was like we need to give a and for you to tell me that Cosmic Cal, somebody who was a big influencer in 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 the East Coast, because guess what? Everything turned around once we dropped that remix. Wow. The whole East Coast lit up for love for Outkast. All right, y'all, you know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You had such a crazy momentum, especially with Outcast as your main Trojan horse to literally change the narrative of how the world thought Southern hip-hop was. This is what I gotta know. As a lead single, yes, a song being 80 BPMs in 2022, 2015, whatever, like, say, the second half of the arts between 2010 and 2020 is normal. But in 1996, 
elevators. And the thing was, you know, I asked even even off campus, I grilled Dre and 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 Big Boy about this. But I since y'all create how like that was such a risk. Y'all could have just played it safe and just what kind of fit in. What did it follow though? No, but 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 I can tell you this for a fact. Meaning that what did we do before that? What was the single? Nah, well, no, no, I mean, no. the waterfall. Wait, 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 wait. What did we do before that? What did we do before that, hip hop wise? To me, it was Goody oh, Mob. Oh, oh, it was good. oh, it was a soul food. So because they so broke the ground with pianos in the, the this this. Totally so you saying when you were in the lane with 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 uh, cell therapy? It was easy for the cast I, to pick up but that man, baton it was so, and be different. It was so I, I promise risky. You, I promise you. There's it was a, so I, risky. I promise you. There's, yeah, a, there's, slow, a, real, there's a real the story behind that. Give it to me. We were the, too the high. Real, the real, no, the real story. No. <laughs> too fucking no, no, high. No, 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 no. Every day. Thank you, Slim. No, no, no. Every day. No, no, no. It's going to slow down. That was great. Oh, yeah, we had to think about this. This is the actual bee's knees. This is what happened. Antonio Reed, at this point, we was in a contract negotiation. We were trying to bring our label. We wanted to be a label. We want Outkast to be signed to us. Red Clay Records. So if you look at the original versions of Elevators, it say Red Clay Records. We end up leaving. But so when when, so we was in a little bit more control. Big and Dre, they first single they produced. Right. They produced it. They produced it. They produced produced Elevators. So this first single they they, they, they produced. That's the first single they they produced. Big Boy came up with this incredible hook, and we produced it in the sense of we put Deborah on it. We made it sound like a big song. So. They want to put it out. I looked at it as a setup record. It's gonna just it's just a little street, it's gonna be the street record. Street single, yeah. LA Reed, them like, nah, you gotta give me an up tempo. We gotta maybe throw you gotta you gotta do, you know, all the bases of the, the food group. You gotta, you gotta right. come on, this is our first single. It's, come on. AT Alien. I'm so glad be, someone said it. Because no, I'm like, hey, it's what the fuck? It's a fact. AT Aliens, throw your hands in the air. Like, that's why I ended up being second. It was supposed to be, it was gonna be the uh, one they was gonna was go. To be the first they was gonna come with that. They had their plan, they had their rollout plan. Same reason why he, he wanted Miss Jackson to be the first single on, on the other album. But but uh, but since we were in control and we and, and in the spirit of hip hop. Right. Like some new, oh, we New York now. We Atlanta. Right. I'm saying we, we powerful a little bit. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. We're gonna leak it. That's right. Shit took ah. off. Shit took off. <laughs> Let's go. Shit took off beyond anybody's belief. So we took, we we leaked it. I wonder and, how y'all leaked it back then. Did you leak it to a DJ? Yes, we went straight okay. to Greg Street. Oh, straight oh, to Greg Street. It, that, okay. that went Greg Street. It went Street. It went Street. Yeah. It was um. It was actually mixed. It was probably people like um, um, eighty nine point three. It was um ninety one. Oh, the college stations. It was the college stations. Because back then we had been schooled in the fact that that's the only way hip hop is gonna be heard first. Mainstream radio wasn't an option. It wasn't, it wasn't even an option. It wasn't something you thought was going to happen. So at least we get there. We, it was just a real, trying to make a real hip-hop community in Atlanta. Outcast was big enough to where, and, and it was a cool record. We didn't, and and we did a remix where we probably took another one of those good breaks on there. <laughs> uh, Parliament. <laughs> yeah, the Parliament joint. That's the, killed it. That killed it. Right. 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 Y'all making Ray mad. Man, listen. Nah, this, this is my thing. This is my thing. By the way, <laughs> how can Ray sit here? Same drums from One Love. And I think. Oh, oh. He ain't, yeah. Ray, have you ever Stop sat here and had somebody do, depict your shit? Like, really it's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Quest ain't going to no, no, call no. spots out, bro. <laughs> nah, no, I ain't call it's not that. Listen, I'm not I come from a culture. I'm saying it's cool. I like this shit. I literally. 
I'm literally on a, a right producer's now, thread of like just 30 dweebs who sit and just. That's all we do. Just like, sit yeah. and. Nah, when start, I know, when I found So Fresh, So Clean, I was like, get the fuck that, out of here. That's not a sample, bro. I know it's we not know a sample. We know that. What, I'm but saying. Still, <laughs> what am I? All right, all right. We stop. I never I'm heard saying. the record. We yep. never heard the record. This is yes, the, we this know. This is a. This is a. I'm not saying no titles, bro. Right. I just want you to appreciate how the universe works. Right. Yes. <laughs> no, no. You now, tune into the frequency on that one. We really and truly didn't never like on no, everything else. I mean, on God. On God. We never like like <laughs> like that was literally like us producing like um by ear. I mean, like 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 sleepy. I had a road sleepy playing a, a melody. He playing a melody and me programming a beat that fitted the melody or whatever. And we actually created a breakbeat. Like, like we created a breakbeat. And then years later, somebody said, man, this is a jazz record that sounds just like So Fresh, So Clean. <laughs> I said, did they redo our shit? But shit came out in the 70s. I'm like, wow. But it, it, Now let me say this. I never heard the record, but maybe it played when I was dreaming one night. Because <laughs> I swear to God, I went to Rico house. I said, Rick, I got this idea, man. He's like, well, I'm like, do, 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 do. Come on, man. I said, I'm just saying. I said that, and then Reed came with the. Ozzy yeah, got a couple yeah. like that. But it, it Barry shows, got a couple like that. You know that, what, he no. didn't, that something sounds like. Oh, dude, similar. it happens all the time. It yeah. literally happens don't all the give time. Up. Hey, Where you subconsciously heard some 12. One thing you can say for a fact there are 88 keys. And. It, and ain't between I gotta notes. say, it felt good to his fingers, the movement. So that's why you play it again. That sound like, but they they ain't stay there though. Like, Fonte, like, it goes doom 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 doom. I ain't, doom, I ain't doom, got doom, no, doom, com- no comment. Don't, no comment. Don't, yeah. Yeah. Don't, yeah. 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 It don't sound nothing like that. Mine's go doom 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 doom. Sleepy, it don't sound nothing like that. That's vanilla ice. We're not okay. Okay. No, 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 no. We're we're not even we're not in that whole gotcha nah, journalism we, shit. Since we still have St. But we are scientists that just it means that how shit it gets built. Absolutely. Look, but, like, but wait, wait, let me let me just make I can't wait. I can't wait. I play I can't wait. And then play That's the sample from Lamont Dozier. That's what they say. That's a sample. Now that was just an uh, intro. That's what they say. But, but listen to it though. Listen to it. Listen to it right now. Listen to it. Lamont Dozier. But everything else? Everything else is right. No, it's like like, that's just the to me. This is whoever if DJ Premier, if it's you know all the great ones. That's why organized noise is respected and and is a part of this this class of people. You know what I'm saying? Because you spend time. But now they've given they've given the kids so much technology to where they got the notes on the board for them. They're showing so the music sounds cleaner, but very musical. But people don't respect it as much. It's not as creative because because we had to do a a lot more. We had to like speed things up a little, slow it down to get it in tune. Because you only had a little bit of sampling time. Like the SP only had like ten and a half seconds. Can I ask? Speed it up to yeah. How does how does your cousin feel about like? Does he look at you guys like? Or you guys are like, oh, like, has Future ever asked, like, nah, man, Future, do some shit on my record, or yes, he we did, did he, he did, he did that, and, and I hated it because I mean, I ain't hated it, I loved yeah. it, I loved the thought of doing it, but the yeah. fact that like he wanted to do it because he wanted a song that sounded like back in the day, uh-huh. 
and that's cool, but we want a song that sounds like, like right, right now. now. Yeah. So let's evolve. Let's come together and do something that's not just some old sounding shit, but some new sounding shit with the old with the with the familiarness. Or can of, y'all just do both? Yeah, that's what that's what that's we want. I would love to hear. It, it, it would have it, happened it, anyway, right? I mean, you well, are. Well, I, well, well man, I got a whole I got a whole album on anyway. But I want to do it. Where the fuck is it at? I'm sorry, I got him rapping over everything. Future, man, I got future man. Future is my cousin, and if I want, and if we wanted to, yeah, future's like like. Like we wanted to, we could we his that's what's working for him or whatever is like. It's maybe not because the song we did, he did a song with Andre three thousand, mm-hmm. did a song with Andre three thousand rhyming on it, whatever, and it was dope. I just think that to be honest, it was just um, it sound it was it was dope, but me and Ray had a version that we had kind of like made it a little more futuristic, and it was stupid, and they and they didn't they didn't want to use that one, so I've been mad since. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what's up, everybody? This is Fonte, Fonte the Loaf of Questlove Supreme. This interview was so meaningful for me, and I'm sure y'all can tell whether you listened along or watching this on YouTube. I was losing my mind and just geeking out the entire time. We're pausing this two-part discussion here for now, but please make sure you come back for part two for the Questlove Supreme's Atlanta sit-down with the gods, Organized Noise. We continue to speak about Outkast, learn one of the biggest R&B hits, began as a beat for a Dungeon Family MC, and also did a deep dive into some of their best works. Um, this was this was amazing. Check it out. QLS. Pontillo. Yeah. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast.